lovelies. Uh, welcome to LGBT in the Ring. A um, little bit different intro here today for this um, bonus or extra episode or whatever you would like to describe it as. Obviously, this whole situation with uh, Russell Kahn and Rex Steiner has been a point of contention for a lot of people over the last uh, few days since he was uh, announced to be returning to the convention on Sunday morning, um, you know, three months after that entire uh, instance of transphobic harassment of Giselle Shaw at the LA convention uh, in April, and you know, um, really not hearing anything at all from Rick Steiner in that time frame, you know, since then till now, I had the chance to uh, have an open and pointed conversation with uh, Russell Con owner Michael Bocchicchio, um here. Uh, on Monday, and this was recorded on Monday morning, and we uh, have decided to, to publish the interview in full here for all of you uh, to to hear and, and listen. So um, with that, let's jump into my, my conversation with, uh, with Michael Bacchicchio. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Just gonna take a quick break here to let you know uh, ways that you can support the show and say thank you to some very rad people that help make this show uh, as amazing as it is. Um, first off, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon now. Patreon.com/LGBTRingPod. Multiple tiers there. For everyone that feels so moved to support this show, we've got numerous uh, patron benefits over there, uh, including bonus shows that are going to be coming out on a monthly uh, roundtable of those sort of things. So uh, definitely go over and check us out. Uh, again, patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Every single dollar that is uh pledge there to support the show is very very humbling and we thank you we also have a, a merch store over on brainbuster tees go to brainbustertees.com and search lgbt in the ring uh you get t-shirts tank tops all kinds of good stuff and you know always looking at some new things as well but uh, definitely check us out on brainbuster tees there as well you can follow the show on social media as well we're everywhere um, that we have accounts. We're at LGBT RingPod. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, co-host, <laughs> Mastodon, whatever. We're there. Uh, so follow the show there. You can follow me at WonderboyOTM on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. We also want to give a huge thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme, uh, Formula 666, from the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, or you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp. Another great way to support the show uh, is over at independentwrestling.tv. Check out IWTV for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. You can use our code LGBTRingPod or visit uh, the URL, tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. And uh, whenever you, uh, as long as you use that code to open your account and keep that active, we get a kickback from IWTV. So your subscription to watch all the great wrestling that we talk about on this show uh, goes to support the show as well. Thumbs up there. Of course, if you want to read more of my pro wrestling writing, you can check out outsports.com. And if you are into video games, I also co-host a video game news uh, Twitch stream every Monday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Um, I co-host that with uh, two dear friends and Twitch streamers, uh, Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin. Um, just run through the, the week's gaming news or we throw on a game and play and just have fun and be dumb. It's, it's great. But uh, you can check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. With that said, let's get back to the show. So... Um, Michael, thank you for, for taking the time to 
come on and, and talk a bit about this situation with uh, Rick Steiner and WrestleCon and everything like that. Obviously, the announcement yesterday morning um, that Rick was coming back after um, what happened at the convention in L.A. Uh, in regards to the comments he made towards Giselle Shaw um, and being subsequently uh, removed from that conference for the last two days of it. Um, obviously, like that announcement, uh, it definitely, um, there were a lot of people that had a lot of feelings around, around that. Um, and then, you know, obviously you released your statement as well to, to go along with it and, and kind of explaining the reasoning a bit, um, kind of tell me a little bit about that decision-making process for, for yourself and, and the people at WrestleCon to, uh, welcome Rick back in that way. Well, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you for having me, and I appreciate the the, uh, the open correspondence that we could have as opposed to just, uh, you know, I felt like everything on Twitter yesterday was a very one-sided, uh, you know, opinion, one-sided argument. That's why I didn't really want to engage. I thought this was a better format, so you could ask any follow-ups, and I could, I could fairly answer things for you. Uh, the way that WrestleCon works is we provide a forum for wrestlers and for vendors to bring in talent, and Rick Steiner... Uh, was brought in by Tony Hunter. Tony Hunter's worked with the Steiners as well as like people like Lex Luger. He now works with the Hardy Boys, Ron Simmons, and he does this on a weekly basis. And of course, it's very well documented what happened in Los Angeles. And uh, you know, as as my statement uh, indicated, when we were made aware of the uh, the incident, we we took swift action. We uh, we 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 arranged a mediation between the two sides. And ultimately, we we made the decision to remove Rick from the floor for the remainder of the convention. Uh, at no point did I ever make any long-term promises on how how long his suspension would be or how long he would stay away. But I felt it was in everybody's interest to just remove him from from that convention because there were so many great things to to happen in L.A. I certainly didn't want L.A. to be um, remembered for for Rick continuing to be on the floor. No, I can, I can I can understand that because you, especially in situations like this, as like the world of pro wrestling has evolved in terms of like you know the inclusion of LGBTQ wrestlers and and LGBTQ fans as well. Like you don't want to have that present at your at your conference. Those things happening. Um, I feel like you know in in like reading the statement that that you put out alongside it, like you know you you lay out, um. A, a lot of like the reasoning behind it in a way, but it's also, and I know this is also a point of contention for some people um, in the initial response to this, that like, there's a, there's like a lack of like concrete information in terms of like a lot of stuff that has happened in the three months since this has all occurred, because like, you know, there, there's comments that are written in there about, um, you know, in, in your opinion, like uh, that Rick has, learned a lot from this process and that sort of thing yet he hasn't spoken publicly about this since it's happened there's no real like concrete um examples i think is the better term than evidence but there's no concrete examples of him like trying to um like atone for this in a way or like reaching out to you know lgbtq organizations lgbtq people giselle and and it's just like the 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 small like not necessarily this you know what i mean like not even reaching out to giselle about about this and that sort of thing like from your opinion from and obviously you're not rick you you don't know rick's day-to-day but from your position like what have you seen from rick um that has made you believe that he has learned from the situation first of all i want to be clear that i have not spoken to rick okay since los angeles I don't have Rick's phone number. Any correspondence I would have with Rick would be through Tony Hunter. Um, you know, I've known Rick for close to 20 years just because, you know, we're all in the same business. So, I'm, you know, I've known Rick and Scott for that long. Um, when, I, when I made those comments, and I, I want to clarify that now, I was referring to what I witnessed on site in L.A. It has nothing to do with what has happened since L.A. So and I know some of the questions you had for me, which prompted us to engage in this correspondence, was it, you know, you wanted to know what progress he's made in the last three months. Well, I, I can't answer that question for you because I, I'm not I'm not Rick's friend where I could 
even have that discussion with him. But what I can tell you is when we mediated the situation in Los Angeles, Rick was in a room, uh, representatives from Impact Wrestling were in a room. And, you know, I know he was very apologetic. And I know that criticism is going to say, well, he's apologizing because uh, of getting caught with what he said and not what he feels. And I'm not going to argue or dispute that. I, I, I can't change how someone feels. Uh, what I can change is how they show respect to others at my convention. And until this, and have you ever, have you ever attended one of the WrestleCons before personally? Um, LA was my first one. I, I mean, have you ever heard of anyone saying that they felt uncomfortable at my convention? Um, I had never heard that before. I can't recall off the top of my head, but I also, you know, haven't really haven't interacted with every person that's been to a con, but overall I haven't heard that. I mean, yeah. and, and, and honestly, I mean, that was really what I wanted to challenge you because I, I had never heard of that. We go out of our way. Uh, I found it very uh, disappointing to hear people say that, you know, we're anti anything because we go out of our way to make sure everyone feels safe and inclusive. And what Rick did was vile. What Rick did was very unfortunate and, and we handled it. And if I ever have another incident that I have to handle, I'll, I'll do it just as swiftly. What, what Rick did in the mediation is show me that he had remorse. Uh, I cannot change what's in his heart. I don't know if what is in his heart has changed, but I also don't think that it's fair to ask me as an organization like WrestleCon to evaluate what's in each and every person's heart before we allow them in there. You know, there's a lot of wrestlers that come to this event and you can see what they put on social media. Uh, they offend a lot of people and I still allow them an opportunity to have a table and, and do what they want. It doesn't mean that I agree with anything they say. And I'm 100% opposed to everything Rick Steiner said. I support Giselle Shaw. I, I, I made that perfectly clear in Los Angeles. I'm a big fan of Giselle. She's a very brave woman. Um, I think she's doing some amazing things. That being said, I also believe that people deserve second chances when, you know, when there's an opportunity to give them some. I saw a lot of people say, well, you know, you should have made Rick at least wait a year. And, you know, I would say, well, what difference does it make whether it's four months or whether it's 12 months? So, I mean, unless you're right, unless he has documented some type of change that didn't start until four and ended until 12. But is, is that really on me to decide, in all honesty, at what level is he allowed back? I mean, I mean, that's a question for you. I, I'm engaging in this because I want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm of two minds in, in sort of in, in this situation, right? Because, yes, in my heart of hearts, I want to believe that that everyone can grow and learn and educate themselves and become better people. You know, that's one of the main reasons why I feel like like humanizing, you know, people from the community that, that I belong to. Um, that that it goes a long way along those lines right because there's a lot of people a lot of like uh a lot of really discriminatory and, and bigoted mindsets towards the lgbtq community and and the really at large like marginalized communities at all is because you know a lot of people don't have like those people in their lives on a regular basis they they hardly know anyone in, in those situations and that can create this sense of of othering and this sense of like separation there where all you're hearing is like you know mis and disinformation in like online circles or personal circles about the stuff that can just feed on on that hey right so i i want to i i want to think that people can like take that active approach to getting better and that sort of thing at the same time, I can definitely understand some of the criticisms that have come from this in regards to, like, you know, saying that you want to create a, a safe space there, an inclusive space for everyone, but yet you are welcoming Rick back without, um, and, and obviously, like like you said, you're not you haven't been in contact with Rick since all this happened in L.A., but it, it, it seems like outside of just what happened 
in that like private meeting that y'all had there where he apologized to y'all that you know he hasn't shown to anyone at least like in terms of like a public statement or public action or anything like that that has shown that he has grown and i feel like that is a a major point of contention when it comes to like trying to give people the space to to do those sort of things like if they are not doing that work before being welcomed back into a space like that can be immensely frustrating and i know that like social media circles those emotions can be very raw and those responses can be very like quick on the draw it's the nature of of twitter and the hellscape that it is but there is a kernel there i feel like and the some of the vague nature of, of the statement and not really having that concrete evidence to lay out that that rick has done more i think really like strikes a nerve with a lot of people uh, um especially that. yeah especially yeah. considering like the, the the quick response that y'all had in la whenever it happened because like i feel like that was a very like concrete example of sorry i feel like that was a very concrete example of russell Kahn like standing up and proving that it was an inclusive space and then like three months later having this come up like it can be like immensely frustrating it can feel like you're taking two steps back after one step forward in a lot of ways i can i can see that and some of the comments that i read uh you know some of the some of the constructive comments that i read uh you know made me reevaluate some of the of the thoughts i had uh i will say i'm going back to the meeting rick did record a apology video that mm. I encouraged him to put out uh, at the time he did not. And I don't know if he does now. He does not have any form of Twitter is, is that I know of. At least he did not at that time. And he asked if I could put it on my Twitter. And I thought about it. But then I was thinking, like, if I put that on my Twitter, it almost looks like I'm showing support for Rick at that time. And I didn't think that was the proper uh, avenue. I thought maybe just removing him from the situation at that time and just ending his affiliation with WrestleCon was the best route and to not put that out. I don't know if they still have that video. I don't know if it would be something that he wants to share. I do think that that would be you know one of the things that you said about making a public step towards uh, showing that he, he feels remorse. I, I can tell you being in a mediation form um, that I, that I, I, I saw a very vulnerable Rick Steiner, a very mm -hmm. apologetic Rick Steiner, uh, someone that realized he really messed up. And again, I can't say whether his heart has changed, but I did see a lot of remorse there. And it wasn't enough for me to warrant to bring him back on the floor, but it was something to tell me that he knew he really messed up and that what he did was wrong. And I think he did ultimately uh, apologize, not directly because Giselle chose not to be uh, at the meeting, which I have said repeatedly, if I was her, I wouldn't have been in the meeting. I wouldn't accept an apology now. She has no reason to. Mm -hmm. She was completely disrespected. Uh, we gave her an apology. She deserved one from us. Um, as far as I know, she accepted our apology because when Impact Wrestling put out their um, their their thing, they seem to be happy with how we held it there. Now, I'm sure they're not happy now with uh, a decision to allow Rick back, but I'm not sure anyone would ever be uh, approving of any time that he would come back, but you know, maybe maybe a discussion like this is something we could ask Rick to engage in, and maybe he could ultimately be judged whether he's worthy of returning. But I know outside and afterwards from Los Angeles, Rick, uh, you know, Rick had to face some things at his employer. I mean, he, he was in a school board, which you know heard about what had happened, and he had to explain there. I would assume I can't speak on this because I wasn't part of that but you know he's still a hall of fame member of the wwe he's in their most recent video game release he has an action figure coming out next month uh i would assume that means he's in some some type of good standing with regards to wwe his son obviously is someone who's a big part of the wwe future plans so mm. i kind of feel like maybe sometimes putting it all on wrestlecon is is a bit unfair mm. I can I can understand that. I think it's just I think more so that like, the focus is on WrestleCon because like this is where this happened, right? Sure. Um, and, and that sort of thing. And and there are definitely things to critique about 
WWE, both involving Rick Steiner and beyond Rick Steiner when it comes to the LGBTQ community. Trust me, there's a litany of stuff at, there. Um, but, and, and speaking to the school board, like I remember whenever this all occurred, like I was covering this whenever it happened in LA and like I reached out to the school board and like they were on spring break like they lucked out that they, that everybody was on spring break that week and so like I never I know I never got a response from the the school board there um I know local news organizations to my knowledge never got a response from the school board there so anything that happened there with Rick like I I don't know if you faced anything there as well that that's a question that Rick would have to answer um at this point um but I guess whenever, it, whenever it, I try not to like delve too much into like my my own personal feelings when trying to report out stories well, and I that wanna, sort of thing. I want to give you a personal. I've at, yeah. The fact that you took a, a, an opportunity to uh, reach out with some questions rather than what was more indicative on Twitter meant mm-hmm. a lot to me that you would take some time and ask some real questions. And that's why I wanted to engage with you now. I, I care about what you think. Yeah. Care, and, and that's. Care about that's your and that's kind of where I was going is that like, you know, I think in terms of reporting this out, like I don't like doing that, but this is like a, a very raw thing, you know, like being, you know, not just, just personally, not just being part of the LGBTQ community, but also like being non-binary, being part of that group um, of like transness within the community in a way that um, is facing historic legislative and cultural blowback now eroding of rights eroding of um honestly like really people trying to like rob them of their humanity through um laws and and other practices and that sort of thing right now um with that as the backdrop to this like it adds for a lot of people within the community it adds a lot of fire to this in terms of like you know russell khan was there for us in that situation and stamped this stuff down back in la and now three months later like it just feels like a an about face in a way and this isn't necessarily like a full-on critique of like the entire nature of russell khan it's just it's just very focused on just this one situation where like y'all did the right thing um and then three months later, like it just it just feels like um almost as if like not reading the room in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Um like some like I know personally I would have some I would have to think longer about going to WrestleCon with with Rick there but a lot of that is it lands on Rick though it's, it's it depends on like what Rick has done um and at the same time you know we've heard all the stories and and all the you know about all of the the bullying tactics you see all saw all the statements after what happened in LA about people talking about how you know Rick and and Scott um have been you know very much like bullies in, in during their time well, in, in pro so wrestling. So I, I can't speak to that. I wasn't yeah, in yeah, yeah. WCW, WWF locker room. The only thing I can speak about and want to speak about is how they've acted at our convention. And obviously until that point, and they've been at multiple conventions of ours, we've never had any reports. We've never had any complaints. Yeah. And I, I understand how you might feel what we did was two steps back, uh, but as I put out in my statement, I really feel it's more about giving someone a second chance. I'm a hundred percent prepared. If Rick was to do something that in any way would have been uh, similar to what happened in LA or any way that would not be uh, appropriate to act, I would again, swiftly move and end it. And, And like I said, zero tolerance with regards to him. And one of the biggest things I regret not having you know, time, and I don't want to bring this up too much because I know a lot of people think it was a, a crutch, but my wife passing was part of 
putting it in there was she was really the face of WrestleCon. She was the person that she'd meet walking through. If you've ever attended one of our WrestleCon events, you saw my wife. She was she was there to greet you. And, you know, we didn't make a statement about it before or after. She wasn't with us in L.A. It was the first time. And, um, you know, I'm sure she probably would have been better at handling some of this stuff than I was. I think after L.A., uh, if I had enough time and I had uh, my attention on it, I probably would have come out with a more clear policy uh, about how I expect everybody to act when they attend these things. But we're generally a once a year event. And you just think, do I really need to have a written policy on that to be inclusive and safe for everybody you would just assume that people know but maybe we're finding out that something like that is necessary i think more and more in in the pro wrestling sphere like we are seeing that happen and i do feel like those those things you know are necessary and are good like you know a lot of promotions now you know open shows with you know these these codes of conduct and that sort of thing and and other events um, I don't I can't speak to other like conventions just because, you know, I don't know if they have like codes of conduct or like, you know, like behavioral policies or anything like that for for people for either, you know, the, the vendors or attendees in that way. But I do feel like that goes a long way in terms of, you know, just spelling out exactly like what is condoned here, what is not. And and a lot of and especially having something like that available publicly for people to see um and to and to read i think that that definitely helps people feel more comfortable entering those spaces you know it's, it's definitely better than just having nothing there for for people to, to look at to understand okay well if i go like especially for, like for for lgbtq people like if i go here um you know there's no like policy about like homophobic or transphobic comments and that sort of thing. there's nothing about this behavior like are and knowing the historical relationship that LGBTQ people have to pro wrestling, you know, over the last, like, you know, since Gorgeous George, really, and how they've been characterized within it, and how this basically kind of told them how pro wrestling sees them up until, like, the last, like, you know, I'd say 10, 15 years in a way, um, with the continued growth that we've seen of, of LGBTQ performers within pro wrestling and seeing those attitudes change to a, a good amount. But that messaging can be very clear to to people within my community that that will say, you know, okay, well, if they're if I'm not seeing something that is telling me that I have confidence that this space is going to be safe, do I want to take a chance on that space not being safe and still attend, and that mm -hmm. sort of thing? I was going to ask you, like, is there is there any kind of like code of conduct or anything like that, like in place at at WrestleCon? For for vendors, well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, for for vendors, we we do talk to them, uh, but I think it might be valuable to to put out a statement that everyone has access to. Uh, it's not something I've done previously. It is something I thought about a lot more in the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's. I want to talk to you a little bit more about the 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 apology meeting that y'all have because, like, obviously, whenever I was re reporting on this, like, you know, I think Rick had left the conference before anybody got the chance to speak to him and then that was kind of the it in terms of like what people knew about in march in terms of interactions between rick russell Kahn, giselle people at impact all that stuff yesterday we find out that there was this private meeting that involved impact staff that involved other other wrestlers and and, and obviously people from russell Kahn. Notably, not Giselle, Giselle. Um, but there was an apology made. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that was. Well, when did that happen? I don't want to assume. When did when did that meeting take place? Ooh, um, I I am pretty sure that the comments that Rick made were on Friday, and to the best of my knowledge, there were no fans around because it was towards the very end of the day and no one no fans or patrons had uh, indicated to me that it happened i mean i usually when things happen on the on the floor things will get to me pretty quickly i'm the guy that all the information funnels to and we had a couple of situations not anything regarding rick and giselle that funneled to me that i could quickly handle i never got that information until uh, representatives from impact wrestling brought it to my attention 
And then at some point, I believe on Friday evening, uh, I asked Rick to come to, you know, our makeshift office there and I wanted to talk to him. And of course, you know, he had himself and one other person that was in earshot and then Giselle had one or two other people that were in earshot. And I was trying to figure out ultimately what the real story was because usually what happens when you have two different parties, you get two conflicting stories. I don't know if I really understood in the end what actually happened, but there was enough information for me to conclude that whatever Rick said was was inappropriate and warranted him being removed for the rest of the weekend. I encouraged him to go out of his way to apologize and to try to to do what he could to to mitigate things. I did the best I could being as a mediator. I, I, I don't want to really honestly say specifically what was said because that would probably be violating the trust of both parties. If they choose to share that with you, by all means, they, they can. But as I said, he, he did record an apology that he was going to put out. I don't know why he didn't. I, I can't answer that. That'd be a great question to ask Rick. Um, I don't think Impact Wrestling or Giselle was in any mood to accept an apology on any level at that point. And I don't blame him. So, but, I, sorry, go ahead. No, but 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 I did. I genuinely saw that he was he was upset. And again, but in in some ways, who cares, right? It was his it was his mistake. But I I feel like his apology was sincere. And mm. I, that's just a feeling I get. I'm a 50 year old man. I've seen a lot of stuff, and I just felt like it was a sincere apology. And I can under I can understand that being like your judgment in that moment, right? If he's showing remorse, that is obviously a good thing. But it's like the motivation behind the remorse, like you know, like like you brought up earlier, like a lot of people you know, talking about, like is that motivated by just like being caught publicly sharing these beliefs that he that he privately holds, um, or is it like an actual thing where you know he understands? that he messed up and he wants to correct that sort of thing. And I know that's not a question that you can answer because that's, that's a question for Rick, but, and, and you don't, I can understand not wanting to get into like the, the details of what was said there, but like the nature, what was the, the nature of the apology? If that makes any sense, like what did, did it seem more like, um, did it seem more like he, he was like, sorry for, the situation and, and well no that doesn't necessarily work either because that's still a question for rick like i guess to in in your mind like did it seem like it was more so like him just trying to like not be caught in a situation or did it feel like this was like a first step of like okay like rick is going to get better well i thought it was certainly this. a first step and it, the apology came after i told him my decision was he was no longer going to be part of the convention. So it wasn't like an apology was offered to try to get back to the convention. I told him it was firm. It was, we were done. There was, there, there was nothing he would have said or done at that point to warrant being allowed back at my convention because mm -hmm. he, he had violated a rule that, you know, we do provide a safe place for everybody. And I still what do. And that's really yesterday, the, the biggest disappointment that, that I had um, you know, and again, it's everybody has an opinion. I, I get it. But, you know, I've been doing conventions in my business now for 25 years. And I've never once been accused of not providing a, a fair and safe space for everybody. And I would really it really hurt my feelings, again, for whatever that's worth, that a decision that I just understand people disagree on. And, and I'm, I'm still open to ideas. Uh, I'd love to talk to Rick uh, now, seeing how raw some of these emotions are. Um, I just don't feel like a decision like this should undo what I think are 25 really good years. I don't. Because so. mm -hmm. I know, I know what I'm not, you know, I'm not anti anybody. I'm, I'm very inclusive of everybody. I believe that everybody should not be judged on their worst days. Uh, we have several examples in wrestling of people that uh, they've they've made comebacks after some really disappointing uh, parts of their life, and if people didn't give them a second chance, they they probably wouldn't be where they are now. And to that end, there are examples of this specific thing happening, right? Like you, we've seen like you know people like Scorpio Sky, people like the Briscoes that have made 
you know, homophobic, transphobic comments in the past and have put in the work to get better and have like, you know, been on that journey for years. They've interacted with, you know, LGBTQ performers. They've interacted with LGBTQ organizations in terms of, you know, wanting to learn more and be better about how, you know, they interact with these communities right and i think that is like the main crux of this for a lot of people whenever it comes to like you know your your comments about you know a second chance and that sort of thing like we haven't seen anything from rick at this point and so not not seeing action and then like throwing out a second chance to somebody i think that has really struck a nerve with i know it struck a nerve with me it struck a nerve with, with a number of people as well. I feel like, you know, if, if Rick had been out there and, and been more open about, you know, what he's been doing in the last three months to be better about this, if he had actually apologized publicly, you know, um, that would have been a, a different situation as well than what we're in right now. I think just like the radio silence from Rick and not really doing anything to try and be better post this situation has a lot of people like feeling a lack of confidence in like and in really him doing anything about this and just basically trying to save face in a way and and keep a you know a financial stream open um whenever y'all were in that that private meeting like was there ever a discussion between the parties there about him apologizing publicly i know that you said that the video was made it was never released but was there ever a discussion about saying something publicly whenever that meeting took place the the, the meeting was more about apologizing to giselle she's the yeah. only one that did the apology uh okay. i did not feel it was my place to uh ask him to publicly apologize but he apologized to my staff uh he apologized to me personally he apologized to some of the other wrestlers that, you know, we'll call friends of Rick for, for, you know, bringing poor attention to, to him and, and them. And he apologized to Giselle and to impact wrestling. Now, again, whether I, I don't expect them to view an apology the same way, maybe as I would, because I wasn't the one that was personally attacked like she was. I wasn't yeah. there when it happened. So I, I understand how they may uh, leave that, mediation and, and feel like the, the apology had a different impact than I had uh, from it. So I have to, I have to ask about the, um, some of the things that were in the latter part of the statement that you, that you put out too. you know, you okay. mentioned like, you know, Rick, you, you wanted to give people second chances and that Rick was now on a zero tolerance policy mm-hmm. going forward. Um, but yet you also said that that doesn't imply that everybody else has a a free first strike in this situation. Like, is there a structure for like who only has one strike and who doesn't at this point? Like how do, in your mind, how do you separate those sort of things and why wouldn't there, why wouldn't there just be a zero tolerance policy, like from the beginning across the board? That's a great question. Um, that probably ties into the need to have some type of policy. I'll, I'll say this, and maybe this is wrong. If Rick would have said the things to Giselle where there were 10 people around that could have maybe corroborated the story for me, what was actually said, that probably would have been different than what did happen where there were no fans around and there were two conflicting stories. I probably would have had a different uh, opinion if it would have been in front of a group of fans mm-hmm. or whatever that's what sometimes when we hear these uh these problems that come up at conventions uh there's no there's nobody around to really that's a neutral party to really say this is what happened i don't care what they're saying what she's saying what he's saying and then you get you get more what i believe to be the truth because you have nobody really having a personal interest in, in telling their side of the story and then there are other times where you never really get to know what actually happened. And, and it's harder to make um, decisions that are penalties uh, when you don't have what I feel to be all the information. 
So that's why it's kind of, I know that sounds vague, just like the, the statement was, but sometimes you just have to say, how much information do I have? How egregious was it? And, and, and how much do I trust that they'll do this again? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand like the idea of like, you know, wanting to get to like the kernel of truth and I mean, especially for a situation that you're not physically present for in that way. But ultimately, like Rick still apologized for it. Like he basically, you know, admitted to doing what he did by apologizing for it in that way. I, I don't know the language of the apology, so I can't necessarily I'm not going to. I can't say that exactly what he said in that situation, but it, from what I've gathered from, from you and, and it, it seems like, you know, him apologizing for it does point to it actually happening. Like I, you know, there were multiple people from the impact side of things that, that corroborated what Giselle described there. Um, I also know of another person who was a vendor at the, at the convention who spoke to me whenever I was reporting this out that, that saw Rick, you know, continuing to say like homophobic things whenever he was uh, in the lobby of the hotel, I think maybe he was like leaving the convention at that point. I can't, I am not a hundred percent on the timetable. I've never never heard that from anybody. I mean, that would have been information that I would have loved to add, but no one, no one shared something like that with me. I've never, that's the first time I'm ever hearing it. Yeah. Now, so that, I, that would have been good information to have if if something like that would have been said after a mediation and, and knowing he would have said something like that on the premises that that would have uh, weighed heavily with me. Yeah. But but I, I talked to a lot of people, and I'm gonna be fair with you and that there were very few people that uh, admitted being close enough to uh, the situation to to fairly give any uh, information on. It. Mm-hmm. But that's not to deny that it didn't happen. It, it clearly happened. Do you think that you should be more clear about like how you structure out like these policies and how people, how certain like vendors are treated versus others? I feel like that, that point of contention about like, you know, putting Rick on zero tolerance now, as opposed to after he's already had an incident where he, you know, uh, verbally harassed, another wrestler on the convention floor. Um I think that feels like a little bit of a of a disconnect as well. Like so let me the, let me say it like this and tell me if this clears it up. Uh mm-hmm. Rick no longer has a benefit of a doubt. Maybe someone mm-hmm. else does, depending on the level of information that we would get. You know, you know, because Rick has had one strike, there, there's no reason to give him any leeway. There's no reason to say Rick, you may or may not have said this or that, but if you, they're uh, they're trying to talk to me about some other stuff. Rick, Rick no longer has that grace period, you know, and I and I just want to reserve that for people that may, because sometimes, uh, like I said, when there's two two people involved, you get two sides of a story, and I want to be open minded to realize that sometimes, uh, maybe. Maybe one person's story isn't accurate. And I've had situations where uh, this this has nothing to do with, uh, you know, transgender or anything, but I've had situations where uh, people have made complaints about wrestlers. And then when you confront the wrestler and you realize that the story that the attendee told doesn't really match what actually happened, you know, and then you have to give a little leeway to the talent because the talent certainly didn't see the story the same way the attendee did. In a, in a situation with Rick Steiner now, because of how fresh this is, I, I was planning to have someone from, from my organization near Rick Steiner at all times. And if there was any incident whatsoever, that's it. That was it. It wasn't going to be a question. And I don't, I don't do that with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you understand like in the past 24 hours after all of this has kind of blown up online do you understand why people may have the belief that you know they don't feel safe or or welcome at wrestlecon due to this whole situation i i can see uh people's opinion of that i you know and maybe i place too much trust in myself that i feel i can provide 
a comfortable environment, but I, I have seen a lot of people's responses and, and I, and I do um, sincerely understand. Well, what would you say to them um, in terms of like how you want WrestleCon to be perceived by them in the, in, in this whole situation, like how, how, what would you say to them to try and like, well, not to try, like, sorry, I'm having a problem, like wording exactly what I want to say. Um, well, let me turn it around on you. Okay. Do you, do you think at this point, if I just said, Hey, Rick Steiner is not allowed because there's too many people who don't feel comfortable with him in a room. Do you really think that changes, uh, the narrative of what a lot of people now feel about my company. Cause I thought I think, about that. Cause I, I mean, cause, cause Rick Steiner doesn't, I saw so many people say, Oh, you chose money over morals. Rick Steiner doesn't put one penny in my pocket. Rick Steiner was being brought in by a vendor and Rick Steiner doesn't with my line up there, Rick Steiner doesn't bring in one extra attendee. There's not $1 that goes into my pocket as a result of Rick Steiner. So I don't want anyone to think that I have made a decision profits over morals. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with Rick Steiner. This has to do with second chances, has nothing to do with the level of star of anybody that's involved. I think if I removed him, if I said, hey, you know what? I've had 24 hours to hear people's feedback. Uh, I'm going to remove him. I think the criticism will be well, you just gave in to the public pressure, but we know how you really feel. Hmm. Do you, do, I, do you, would you agree with that? I can understand that viewpoint. I can understand um, that. I still feel like, you know, and this is all in the context of like not hearing from Rick at all since this happened. Um, I feel like coming out and, and saying that, or at least that you're reevaluating whether Rick should attend the, the con. Yes. There's always going to be like blowback from some people in online spheres. That's just what the internet does and that sort of thing. But I also feel like that would be a good first step in, in kind of reassessing this situation. Well, I'd you be know? happy to make, uh, a return of Rick conditional on him making a statement and seeing how that goes. I don't have a yeah. problem. I, if, if, that, if you think that would be a helpful step, I just don't want to be in a situation where uh, any, anybody just tells me this person's allowed and this person's not allowed just as a blank statement. Cause there's a lot of people, a lot of people that attend my convention that I absolutely abhor what they think on a personal and political level, mm -hmm. but I let mm -hmm. them, attend my events because I can separate what they do at home versus what they've done as a performer on TV and what they've contributed to wrestling. Yeah. That's the only thing I evaluate them on at my event. Mm -hmm. I, anybody, I, anybody yeah, made me feel like they would put my attendees in a situation where they felt threatened or uncomfortable. I wouldn't allow it. Mm -hmm. And I think like hearing that, I think that's a, like another thing that's kind of like a disconnect for some people is that like Rick's already done that. Like Rick's Rick already did that. Like I know that he apologized to y'all and there was and showed remorse, and that sort of thing, but he's already done it. And we haven't heard anything from him about the situation, you know, to my knowledge, like there's never been any communication between him and Giselle about this situation. Um, it wasn't like, a tip. For what it's worth, he did attempt. He did want to speak to her directly, and yeah, uh, recovered. Like she chose not to. I again don't blame her. If I was her, I would not have spoken to him either. Oh yeah, I don't blame her either. Um, but I guess like knowing that Rick already has done this, and and that he hasn't really done anything to try and publicly atone for this. Like it just, I think that feeds into some of the idea of just like, um. Not necessarily like profits over over morals or anything like that, but this idea of like, well, he apologized to the con. You know, he apologized to y'all about what happened, but he hasn't apologized to the people that it actually affected on like a personal level. Because seeing that happen 
on the convention floor, that tells trans people, that tells LGBTQ people that that can happen again to them, you know? And I know, and like, I, again, like it's one of those things where like your, the response from the convention was, was great and swift and was the right thing to do. I agree with you on that. It was the right thing to do to remove him for, for those last couple of days. But at the same time, like, the toothpaste is out of the tube in a way. Like, people know, like, there's a concrete example of this happening that's going to stick in people's minds. And, you know, a lot of trans people already have this, like, hypervigilance about their own personal safety in spaces um, like that. And it's much more attuned and much more frequent than, you know, uh, cisgender people or, or heterosexual people in that sort of way, you know. Um, and so I can see like how this whole situation is still like sticking there and how like they could view the convention announcing him back and, and welcoming him back without Rick actually doing like to our public perception, not doing anything to make this better. Um, you know, I think not knowing that there was an apology that happened in, until three months after the fact is definitely a thing that that is frustrating for myself and others. Um, I, I would assume the recorded video because I know he sent it to Impact Wrestling. He recorded an apology, and it included an apology directly to Giselle. I can't say for sure that she saw it, but I can tell you that her uh, her partner uh, saw it. I would assume that she would have seen it or at least been uh, informed of it. But again, that doesn't really matter if she chose yeah. not to. Yeah. I guess like that point that you bring up about like, you know, having Rick's return hinge on like some kind of public statement. I think that's, in my opinion, that is a good first step in that. But it also depends on like the nature of that statement okay. for me personally. Well, you, you tell me what do you think would be a productive uh, step for Rick? Because, like I said, I have no, I have no financial gain. I I could honestly care less whether Rick is there or not. It has no mm -hmm. impact on me. It has. It's very disappointing for me to hear all the negativity about the convention just being about Rick's announcement. Because, in, in all fairness, Rick has other than we allowed someone to bring him, which again, as I know, is on our shoulders. But I mean, we don't have any connection to Rick. He's not our guest. He's not. It's not going to be what anything that comes in through Rick's table is not going to us. So. Yeah, but I can but I can also like see the point of like y'all right. y'all are allowing him back, you mm -hmm. know, through through a third party through Tony, but still, yeah. yeah. So but, even if there isn't like a financial incentive there for or way, like it's still like a it's still like well, a tacit support in that way. I think it's a very fair, and uh, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to engage in a conversation with you. It's a very fair thing to ask Rick to to make some sort of public statement, and if that's what you think is needed to um, to move forward, I'll encourage him to do that. And if he fails to do that, well, I'll reevaluate things. I think that's mm -hmm. a very fair uh, request. Yeah, I think it's the bare minimum request at this point from him because, like I said, we haven't heard from him in three months about this whole situation, and I know it's not for a lack of people trying to reach out to him to talk to try and and find out, a, you know, to hear to hear any kind of comment from him. You know, um, as for what your question to me, like, what do I feel like Rick should do in this situation? Like, I can only speak for my own personal feelings and, and that sort of thing. But for me, um, when it comes to situations like that, it's about educating yourself on, you know, not just like, you know, trans people, but trans issues, like the the, the various things that, you know, the, that can our community is facing right now, just both from a cultural and political world. Um, like those things, it can be very easy to make those things feel like they're in a vacuum because they're just politics. So they're in a different state than we're in and that sort of thing. But for us seeing these things consistently happen over the last like two years, specifically, it's been two years of people, you know, basically, attacking our right to exist in many ways you know whether it be through like you know uh 
gender expression through dress or, um, you know, our cultural um, kind of celebrations or cultural practices like drag and that sort of thing, all the way down to like the most really nefarious stuff when it comes to like the banning of uh, gender affirming care for a lot of people, like all of those things inform our decisions whenever we are entering a space in that way. And that is something that Rick has, you know, I don't know Rick, everybody that, that is in Rick's life, but I like my assumption there is that like Rick hasn't had that in his day-to-day -day life. Rick hasn't like experienced that sort of thing. In all fairness, uh, when you mm -hmm. talk about a generation of people like Rick, I mean, I would, I would venture to say there were, there are a lot of people that uh, are not, uh, they're, they're probably not as educated as they need to be. Uh, I, and I think that's, that's a, a, yeah. But I, I also don't feel like I can be that person to be the gatekeeper. I don't think it's fair to assume any convention should be the one to decide who's educated enough to be in a position. What we can do is when we know someone violates the the, the rules that we have, then they lose their privileges. And it's very important now seeing how 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 this has had an impact on a lot of people and how this has uh, you know how much activity it's generated in the last 24 hours. I see how important it is to have a clear set of guidelines for everyone to follow. So the rules are clear and the, the penalties are clear and the privileges are lost when when those are violated. Yeah, and and that's I'm I'm glad to hear that 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 is something that is a positive that is coming out of this situation for for the convention and for yourself. Um, to continue what I was saying though, it's all it's not just about like education though. It's also about like at this point, whenever you're you've done this stuff, like you need to prove in a way, and this again just for me personally, you need to prove that that growth is something that is genuine in that way, and. I think a lot of that kind of comes down to engagement with, with the community as well, you know, like whether it be, you know, reaching out and, and working with LGBTQ organizations or, you know, engaging with the community in, in some other way, like a very, like, you know, especially considering how public this was like a, a, a public way uh, would be a, a very good step forward in this. Um, and like, Again, all of this stuff, like th these are like good steps on that path to like learning and, and better understanding these things so that you are not just holding these like bigoted, hateful beliefs in there and then expounding them in, in situations and that sort of thing. But it all comes back to the fact that no one's heard from Rick. And like I yes, like having having him appear um conditional on him releasing a public statement, like to me that is like a good a good first step. I personally would want to see more from him. And well, I feel I, like that's, that's also it. something what, that a lot if, of other people. What if we got want. a what if we got a response from Rick? And this is just hypothetical, really not about just Rick, but anybody, and you found out that for whatever reason, they're not educated. What if they have their own beliefs that are different than uh, yours or, you know, ours? And does that mean we should not allow them a space? What if, what, what if Rick, for whatever reason, cites that he has his feelings and his feelings are what they are, whether they're historical, whether religious, whether they're cultural? And, you know, we, we don't need to go into the specifics of it, but, we, you know, we... We know that there's not consistent what, what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Do you allow someone like that to attend the convention or do you feel like they have to be excluded? I and personally you, wouldn't based off of, of what? Line? You know, like at what, at what level? Because then it becomes a, more about politics than about anything else. I mean, it's not necessarily even about politics that in that instance. For me personally, it's, it's literally about, you know, people. It's literally about, you know, we've we've seen this happen, like we especially in the case of Rick. We've mm -hmm. seen him already act this way at the convention and make people feel unsafe in that way. At least like, you know, from people learning about the situation and understanding it. Like, you know, we know we know that Rick is 
put this out there. If he came out with a statement that just kind of doubled down on this for whatever reasoning he wants to have, um, that would just be like double stamping on the idea of like, okay, like he, he shouldn't be present in that space anymore, at least until he wants to better his outlook on this and, and be more, you know, accepting of, of, of the trans community in that way. And, and the LGBTQ community as whole, you know, because like, I feel like so many times this stuff kind of boils down to politics when it actually is just, people that want to feel safe in a in a space where they are going to engage with something like pro wrestling that for many people it's it's it is a hobby and a fandom for them it is a thing where they go to have fun and celebrate what they a thing that they love and if they are going into a space where there is someone there who has already expressed hateful comments towards someone from their community and they are being welcomed back without any work being done to better themselves. Or like in your hypothetical that you put out there, like if he comes out and basically, you know, says like my religious beliefs or, or whatever, and I don't want to put any words in this mouth for whatever reason, if he, if he came out with a statement that just said, no, this, I'm just, I just have these transphobic ideas. Uh, this is just my view of, of, of trans people and that sort of thing. Like, to me, that just cements for so many other people that that is going to be an unsafe space for them if he is allowed there, you know. And it's not like we haven't seen not not specific to the convention space, but it's not like we haven't seen, you know, people in pro wrestling be be punished for this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. You know, obviously, a pro wrestling event is different from WrestleCon in a way like the actual convention floor in that instance. But, you know, we've seen, you know, people like Chris Hamrick with GCW, like he hasn't been used since he dropped homophobic slurs in the ring a a number of months back. You know, we've, we've seen, um, at least I'm trying to think. It's one of those moments where like you try and think, have the examples in your head and everything just runs out. I guess really what, you know, and it's more of a theoretical thing beyond Rick is, and I, I, I swore I wasn't even going to use names, but someone like a Val Venus, who obviously has some very outspoken opinions on social media. Whenever yeah. he attends our event, I get a slew of people. If you allow him there, I'm not going to attend. I don't feel like you should have him there. And, you know, I'm, we haven't had him at our events yet, but if uh, Glenn Jacobs, you know, for all the things that he says that a lot of people disagree with, and I'm, I disagree with a lot of the things he says, I would still in my mind, welcome someone like him because Kane was a very important part of our wrestling industry. And I would expect, because I've seen him at conventions, he is Kane at a, at a convention. He's not Mayor Glenn Jacobs. But I also would understand how uh, some people would would not appreciate and feel safe to have people like that. And I believe Rick might be one of many people that have opinions like what Rick exposed. But I also think there's a there's the ability to have people with those opinions that I obviously can't change their opinions. I'm not I'm not in that position, but I can enforce uh, respect. And if you can't give respect to everybody at my event, I, I'm comfortable leaving you out, no matter what your level of stardom is. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a key thing in this situation is that Rick has already shown that that level of disrespect in this thing and so i you think that could ever be without some sort of public admission without any some public apology that, that has got to be the first step before anyone gets a second chance i th- i believe so especially yeah. like if it's a, if it's a public thing that happened like this like i, I don't know what what do you what is what do you what do you think well that's why i'm on here so I, i'm gonna offer to you that that's that that's the next step i'm gonna uh, ask rick to take if rick wants to be at our event i'm gonna ask him to uh address this publicly directly because i i don't want to speak for rick i can't yeah. say what rick has done in uh since the beginning of april that has maybe changed his mind or changed his word is is he even going to be uh, comfortable himself being there, no knowing of what I have the expectations of him. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. 
Yeah. I would be very interested to hear what Rick has to say. Because I think that that would be the obvious first step. But, you know, I think that's that's the one that that is the one voice that is missing from all of this, especially can, like when you look back at the statement that you put out, like it just. I, I'm not going to sit there trying to like discern like any like what you like meaning from from, you know, from what was put there. But like, I think that's one thing that really did rub people a lot of the wrong way is that like, you know. It felt like you were already I, vouching for him. 20, 24 hours ago, um, I, I didn't view it the way that I, I, I'm viewing it right now uh, from from the feedback I got and from our discussion. I think I might have taken uh, a bit for granted being in the in the room with the apology, having seen the recorded apology. You know, obviously, I was in a different position than I think a lot of people that are out there on social media are in. Mm -hmm. and, 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 mm -hmm. and and so I want to acknowledge that I understand why a lot of people are in, in the position they're in and they have the feelings that they do. Yeah. Well, Michael, I appreciate you um, coming on and having this conversation with me. No, thank you for allowing. Yeah, of course. Was there anything, um, like anything that we didn't touch on that that you wanted to uh, bring up or discuss or anything like that? No, I just, I mean, the reason I wanted to come on here is because I really value um, everybody feeling comfortable at my events. I've gone out of my way for for many years to make that, and all the businesses that I run, I have respect for every community, and I, I don't want to lose trust over what was maybe a misstep so mm. I, I don't i don't want to go out and say that someone like rick steiner or anybody else would never be allowed at my events again but i i certainly appreciate the opportunity to engage and understand why uh you you feel the way that you do and why i may maybe have uh preemptively uh decided that it was early enough to come back 